I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by another Happy Studios. The gang is on the run and all hope is seemingly lost. This is The Sound of Drums. Hello everyone, welcome back or welcome for the first time to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast, the only Doctor Who podcast in the world. There are no others, don't bother checking, stay here where it's safe. My name is Nathan, as always I'm joined by my uh, companion, as it were, his name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. How have I never thought of that? How has it taken like 40 episodes or whatever for me to call you my companion in this podcast and adventure that we're on. Yeah, you, you've danced around it a million times. The lesser co-host, the yes. uh, you're the host, I'm just here as a guest. You've, you've said a yes. lot. Um, I, I prefer companion because it's on brand, but I still resent the, the, the sentiment behind it. So fuck you. Was, what, what, why do you resent it? Let's break it down, Lawrence. Okay, why why right. do you resent me calling you the companion? Is it because in your head you go. think of the companion as lesser than... <laughs> And the doctor. So what you're actually saying there is you hate Martha Jones. Is that yeah. what you're saying? I, so that it was going to come round to you calling me the sexist or racist or something in between, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. I'm glad that we got it out of the way early. Um, no, I'm, I'm coming back to that. Don't you worry. Just like, like Martha Jones. <laughs> I, you fucking beat me to it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not happy about this. This intro should be scrapped and re-recorded. I'm not happy. That was some of my best work. This might just be my masterpiece. Uh, anyway, that's something else entirely. Lawrence, what in the world is going on? Uh, um, what, in general, is this pre-show banter or is this getting on with the episode? This is our scheduled pre-show banter. I'm just looking at my notes <laughs> here. Right now we have five minutes allotted to scheduled pre-show banter. Well, I haven't read my pre-show banter notes. What is, what's on the list of topics for banter this week? What can we Various. Do? 
Oh no, that's vague. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am going pumpkin picking soon. Um, Are you really? I am. Yeah. I'm so sad, man. No, it's not. My local, my local little farm has like all these animals. They're making a day of it. There's a golden pumpkin. If you find it, you win a twenty pound Amazon voucher. It's good fun. A golden pumpkin. Surely that would stick out like a sore thumb. In a field of fucking pumpkins. Yeah, but the rest of the pumpkins are orange, so it's not like it's not going to be totally. You can't you can't just like scan a field. You've got to go and look for it. I'd imagine it's not going to be the size of a house. Just like look at me, I'm obviously the golden pumpkin. I just get one from Asda. <laughs> one be like, I found it. <laughs> no, just a pumpkin. <laughs> oh, okay. You skip it all entirely. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing your Tory fucking pumpkin picking or whatever. It's fun. You make a day of it. You come home, you carve it. It's, it's a, a day good... of it? You yeah. think I'm spending all day in a fucking field looking for pumpkins? They're right. there. Just no. grab one and go. It's the centrepiece of the day. We're going to go to a pub afterwards, have a nice drink, probably have a little breakfast before. Well, we're yeah. like a fucking fucking arms full of pumpkins just no. wading into the pub. <laughs> no, we'll leave the pumpkin in the car, Nathan. Uh, I'll wash my hands of this. <laughs> I'm not coming. All right. <laughs> Okay. Alright, what was what else was on your list of um of vague? I don't have a list. Fans? I told you I don't have a list. Well you said you There's had no your name. notes on it. I didn't. Okay. That was a fun little joke, Lawrence. Oh I see. My I didn't pick up that's why I'm the companion. I don't pick up on these riffs. Exactly. You need me to give you exposition. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, for expositing the riff. Um yeah. Docky Who. We're in wild uncharted territory because at the time of recording, we have not yet released the previous episode. So that's true. Yeah, tomorrow morning for us, yeah. our time. We don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, still needs to be edited, and we don't as of yet know what the uh, what the reaction is to it. So for all we know, we could be cancelled by the time this comes out. Yeah, but then at least we'd have the foresight and ability to not release this <laughs> and instead release something else. Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. But if you're hearing this, I guess we're not cancelled. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got to us yet. Not for lack of trying. Not for na- <clears throat> lack of Nathan trying to cancel me in the intro. I'll get you one day. It's true. You will. Um, wait, no, hang on. No, I don't want to give you that ammunition. <laughs> you won't. You just went. You just, what you did there is you just did that thing where you wasn't really paying attention to me, and you just said the automatic thing in your brain to move on to the next thing. I was trying to find a natural segue until I realised I'd landed in it. Yeah. So apologies. You won't catch me. There's nothing to catch. This is series three, episode twelve of Doctor Who. It is called The Sound of Drums. It is written by one Mr. Russell T. Davies, and boy is it, and it is directed (laughs) by Colin Teague. Lawrence, are you familiar with the work of Colin Teague? Yes, you are. You got tricked. You don't even know it. You don't even know you're familiar, but you are. You've seen so much of his work already, and you will see plenty more in the weeks to come. Tell me, who is this? Who is this mystery man? No, because I've already done it, but I forgot. (laughs) What? I'm so confused by this. What? What are you confused by? What I don't know who this person is, but you're telling me I do know. Have they have they episode have they directed other episodes of Doctor Who? Yes, of course they have, and they'll do more to come. That's what I just said. I was confused by it. It was odd. It was odd phrasing. I didn't understand. Well, I I think you'll find it was very clear. Well, we'll see. We'll see if the listeners are on board or not. All right, you, you said you said this is obviously written by Russell. Is this the return of the Russellisms complaint segment that we we All briefly right. had? Well, first of all, I never said obviously. I said, boy, is it. Okay. okay. 
Um, that was just a quick knife, knife and nitpicks of thing for you. <laughs> Second of all, um, there, there are many rustlisms about this episode. Yeah. Some just frankly too big to ignore, some too big to save to the later segment, although I was tempted to do so, um, <laughs> and some which are just baffling to me. Yeah. Um, and just completely, I, I cannot fathom what was going through the man's mind when he was putting pen to paper. Um, so, so yes, we will, of course, discuss these these wrestlisms, as I believe you affectionately named them. I did. I think I did. With all that being said, <clears throat> do you like this episode? Are you a fan of it? No. <laughs> okay. What, not no, at all? No, it's okay. No, no, I, I am. I, I think I am. Yeah. It's it's in a weird place because it's a good episode. It's a good episode. There's good performances. Everyone is going well. Hmm. Writing's a bit off for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I um go. No, you go, please. I I would say clearly you had a very important point which you needed to (laughs) shut up. (laughs) I I would say where I sit with this is I really enjoy the episode. But I uh-huh. I enjoy the episode because I buy into the ludicrous mental hurdles I have to do to enjoy <laughs> okay, the episode. That, I think that's where me and you differ. Yeah. I <laughs> I really struggle to wrap my head around this world that we're in. Because look, and when I say this world, I Doctor Who fine. Time travel, monsters, time lords, <laughs> toclophane, all of this, not an issue at all. But you put me in a world where we have all of that, and politics are a little bit different. Then I'm like, hmm, something <laughs> weird is going on here, and I can't understand it. Okay, is is that like the uncanny valley thing of it? Like, because we're we're fine accepting random shit going on on different planets and in different times, but like when it comes down to something we lived and experienced, and we're like, hang on a second, that's not how I that think works. it is. Yeah, because I'll I'll happily accept a, a Dalek turning into a man or. <laughs> like a fucking a man turning into a pig or, or whatever. I'll I'll take that all day long. But mm. then you throw in like a what is essentially a thirteen year old's understanding of how the government works. Then I'm just like I don't I, this doesn't just this all of this seems wrong and I don't like it. Alright. Do you I mean how do you want to handle this? Do we do we do we are we gonna go through this head on or should we wait until we get to there? In the well, I mean, it's pretty much straight away, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is before the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the gang uh, are back on on Earth, modern twenty first century Earth, whatever. Uh, they managed to escape the end of the universe by fixing Jack's vortex manipulator, um, and so here we are. And then we quickly find out that the master is also here, and he is now prime minister. Not only that, but he is. The mysterious Saxon, the mysterious yes. Mr. Saxon that we've been alluding to uh, throughout this series. So there so that, you go. Big reveal. That that picks up on, like, as last week, Martha, after, post-regeneration, and he was kind of taunting the Doctor through the TARDIS before taking off and flying elsewhere. Uh, Martha said, I know that voice, and this is why. It's Harold Saxon. <clears throat> it's the, the man behind the mysterious Vote Saxon posters that have been all about. Uh, and, yes. <laughs> and he has been... Um, Elected the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Um, something Somehow. that Yeah, it's Nathan's favourite part of the episode, I think. 
It's my least favorite. I don't like it. Because <laughs> I don't understand how it happened. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, education time, I guess. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, for those unaware, okay, in the UK, our politics is based on uh, parties and members of parliament, okay? In order to become prime minister, you would need to be the leader of a political party, and that party would need to hold a majority seat in parliament, meaning you would need around about 230 MPs, all of which will win a local election as their as their represented constituent, as the member of parliament for their representative constituent, and then once you have a majority, you are then the prime minister. Um, this just seems to imply, though, that like <laughs> one guy just got popular enough that like everyone was like, "Oh, let's just have a presidential election, I guess." Yeah, and then we'll just vote in this one guy, and he's just so popular that like, yeah, we'll just. I don't even know because they never explain it. I don't know. Like, I don't know how it works. Does he have a party? Yes, yeah, so I, 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 because I was really, I, I knew how you thought about this. We've spoken about this episode before, right? Yeah. But I, I was like, right, let's really try and see what Nathan's saying because I, I agree. But I was like, maybe there are little just one-liners that we miss that, like, it, like it won't do it justice, but it will explain some. It will do some hand waving during I, the cabinet meeting. Mm. He does say. When you saw like the votes or whatever, when you saw things swing in his way, they all jumped ship and joined the sack. They all like abandoned their parties and joined Saxon. Yeah. But that still doesn't necessarily explain like how he was gaining popularity in the first place and all of this stuff. It it works to actually prove your point further because they acknowledge that the party system exists. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so there we go. <laughs> so, like, is there a Saxon party? Is is Harold Saxon just heading up one of the heavy hitters? Like, uh, fucking, um, just one of the hitters in the UK? I, I don't I, know. I guess there would be a, a Saxon party because, like, if you like watch election night footage, like whenever it's the 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 actual prime minister's constituency, you'll always get, like, a whole bunch of just fucking weirdos who have also, <laughs> like, just ran independently. You get, like, yeah. Lord Binface and fucking some guy in an Elmo costume and all this sort of stuff. Please or, give context always... to American listeners what Lord Binface is. <laughs> Lord Binface is... I think he's Count Binface, but, like, he's just a guy who, like... <laughs> who always runs um whatever whichever constituency the prime minister is in he always runs as a member of parliament for that constituency <laughs> uh, he's surprisingly popular he never wins obviously but he's surprisingly popular and he's just like a guy in like an almost Darth Vader-esque costume with just like a big bin on his head um <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, that's the it's he never wins and he's uh, he never wins, but it's always great because you have to see like fucking election night footage of like <laughs> Theresa May just politely smiling when she <laughs> stood next to a guy in a big fucking bin costume. Yeah. I will always love that. Whoever that, it's probably like it's like the you know that Spider Man thing where it's like could be one man or a woman, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like that, but like I will always commend them because whoever is behind Count Binface, team or people or just singular person. It's always worth it because there's always a smug Tory, like you say, that then just has to, like, it's their moment, it's the defining moment of their career and they have to stand next to a prick in a bin. <laughs> like, well, their I wouldn't call them taken. 
I wouldn't call them a prick because I think actually their platform is actually like quite progressive and like stuff you'd actually want. It's just that they don't have the funded or a party behind them to actually do anything. I, but... I, I say prick affectionately, right? Because you are he, yeah. they know that they're being a prick just yeah, for fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Lord Count whatever <laughs> Binface aside. Do you reckon, do you reckon yeah. if they ever get elected, they'll change it to just Prime Minister Binface? I think legally they'd have to use their name. Yeah, I guess like, so. Cause, cause prime, cause prime, unless they have legally changed their name to... <laughs> To bin face or whatever. So. I like. I like how we start this episode by going like Russell T Davies has made a mockery of the UK uh, <laughs> electoral system or whatever, and then we immediately be like, I can't believe they're undermining such like true to life events as Count Binface. <laughs> <laughs> we make a mockery of our own fucking system. We do. It's true. Um, but anyway, I I wonder what you think about this, right? Because I always thought. The line, uh, it's a smug little line. It's meant to be cheesy and on the nose and the master toying with the doctor and everything. But him on, in front of the cameras before the intro sting, he says, you know, this country is sick. This country needs healing. In fact, what this country really needs right now is a doctor. And then it's the big thing. And I always thought that was a bit on the nose and cheesy until I grew up and realized that the majority of a prime minister's job is to say, is to fill airtime by effectively saying nothing of substance. <sighs> It does my head in some I can't even watch fucking interviews with politicians or anything because it, it just pisses me off so much. Any interview you see with Rishi Sunak is like, um, so the journalist will ask, like, so are you stopping HS2 coming to Manchester? Well, what we're focused on at the moment is getting involved with the people and doing what they ask us to do <laughs> and bringing in a new set of transport for the people across the UK. All right, but that's not what I asked, though, are you? Yeah. And it's always just avoiding the question and trying to make it sound like you're answering it, but not really. And it's just, I want to punch you in your little face, you yeah. tiny prick. Even if even if you ask them like a kind of some sort of leading question for them to go into their politics, but it demands that they have a stand on the spot. What they just yeah. do, they just skirt around it and, yeah, talk about, like, well, we've actually introduced 20 more buses into central London. It's, like, fantastic. Like, you, you can't even handle talking about your own policies, you fucking wet blanket. Um, but what I will say, to bring it back to the episode, do you not enjoy the political setting just because the master obviously does get to tell... What are effectively a bunch of Tory stand-ins that Russell T Davies has written, just to <laughs> choke on shit, and then he gasses them out. <laughs> Basically, it's a fun scene. Yeah, it's a fun scene. I like it. Straight away, it gives you a look in at like this kind of unhinged nature of the master. You know, he is someone who's insane, as as the guy says, and you know, he, there's something not quite right about him. And this is definitely not like what you would think of when you hear prime minister of the country like this guy this clown seriously um so so it's good to see like this is who we have in charge and stuff and and then just the fucking the shot like once they've all died and then he's just like leaning on the table and doing the drumming thing it's it's quite creepy it's quite chilling and and stuff i like it i'm uh, yeah i'm i'm completely willing to forgive that it mm. just like he just eyeballs the camera for no reason in in the universe yeah. it doesn't make any sense but it's creepy and like, I, I guess this is kind of what we were close to touching on, but obviously we couldn't talk about this episode too much last week. Um, is that, like, this is a different... This has to be a different performance. Like, this is why Derek Jacobi wasn't the master that they went with. 
because yeah, I don't course. I don't think he would be a good fit for this. Whereas you need a no, basically a, just a bouncing lunatic <laughs> yeah. who's like playing games rather than being openly vindictive. But he does straight out the gate. John Sim is so good. I don't know the way he carries himself, how like gleeful he is. I, I said this last week, but like how deranged he is is like it's almost like he's making up for lost time. He's just being extra fucking crazy, essentially. There, there is one point I enjoy where his accent slips and like his northern, his real northern accent comes through, and you can hear him go "run" yeah, to, to the doctor. Well, he's screaming on him down the phone. Yeah, I um, I th- <clears throat> there are some funny moments of this where it's like where where it's set in in what was at the time like present day Earth. Um, you get you get a bit of fun where like you get to see like. The websites, and if you put, we have the ability to pause the TV on certain websites and and certain fun things that happen on screen. Um, I, I I like to. There's a part where like the uh, the Doctor uh, Jack and Martha are like checking out Saxon's backstory because um, yeah. the Doctor's like, "Where does this guy come from?" And they just can't recall. They just know that through the Archangel Network, he's like, "Yeah, I liked him." And the Doctor's like, "What are they? What does he stand for? What are his policies?" And they're like. Just a chill guy. <laughs> Just good vibes. <laughs> good vibes, yeah. yeah. Um, but they, I paused it on the Saxon website, um, and it's just, it's ludicrous. Like it's Well, not ludicrous is the wrong word, but it's just, I like to imagine him writing this and just being like, this is surface level enough that 90% of the people won't look further into this. And it just, it's Why like... What does it say? It, it's got home testimonials, bio, a greater Britain. There's just one thing that says Call of Duty, which is obviously like touching into... I guess military service, but like I don't know why just seeing Call of Duty just made me laugh. <laughs> and then it says, I've, I've, I don't know the context, but I imagine that would be like, um, like Call of Duty would be like, um, this is what we're gonna do, like a mission statement sort of thing. Like, I see, I thought that too, but then he has his beliefs yeah. underneath. Mm, beliefs can be different a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's. I don't know. Is there there's, is there often a religious component to the prime minister? No, not really. Hmm. Don't know then. And then the other one just says meet Lucy, which is funny. I like the idea of a dedicated page to meet the missus. Uh, then, <laughs> I like that. And then suddenly, like the background turns pink, and there's like floating <laughs> love hearts, and it's like, ooh, here's my girlfriend. There's, there's like chat comments. Like, I wish I was married to Lucy. <laughs> She truly seems the perfect woman for me. Um, and then just in massive bold text at the bottom of the screen, I really like the simplicity of this. It just says, Saxon, the man you can trust. <laughs> well, it's not wrong. That, that yeah. is a man that anyone can trust if, if there ever was one. So. I, I just like to picture him like tinkering away. At, he's got that 18 months of leeway and he's tinkering away at his laptop, like figuring out how earth web design works. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh, I finally figured out how I can write text. And he's like, the man you can trust, that'll do. They're not going to look further than this. No, it was 2007. They didn't have Squarespace. So yeah, oh, yeah, true. If we were sponsored by Squarespace, that would be the perfect fucking spot for an ad read. Right there. <laughs> he would have been watching like a Squarespace ad instead of Teletubbies or something. <laughs> Just being like, wow, yeah. this is optimized for mobile browsing as well. Can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> Um, anyway, that leads me on to say that there are other things Squarespace can do, and thank you this week for our sponsors. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Um, I don't know too much about how this job role would come about. He is the former Minister right. of Defence. What do you know about that? All right, so that would imply like he was involved with another political party. 
before he started up his own. Okay. So whatever, whoever was in power, I guess in Harriet Jones's government then, he was... Oh, wait, no, because that woman said he became Minister, Minister of Defence just after the downfall of Harriet Jones. Uh, I think I don't know if she said specifically then, but that was like his first public appearance and when he rose to get some traction going. So it would be whoever her successor was then. He was part of that political government or whatever. Yeah. Harriet Jones wasn't in power for very long then, clearly. Um, no, I guess not, yeah. Um, what was it saying? The yeah, I don't know. He was, he was, he was a, he was part of a, another political party at one point. So that's something we figured out. Okay. Does he? Well, I, I, I like the fact that we're getting, we're slowly getting to the bottom of this. By the end of the episode, we'll have worked out his political <laughs> party and his policies and everything else. Um, th- does that? I don't know if this works. But does that imply that the Doctor kind of created the perfect opportunity window by in his role in? Getting Harriet Jones basically dismissed. Did he? Did he open a window for Harold Saxon in a way? Uh, I guess he did. Yeah, oh. I guess so. Yeah, the hubris of a time lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's not the point in the episode. We can talk about well, the hubris. No, I don't think so. I I think this would have happened regardless. Okay. Yeah, like I mean... if, regardless of who was in charge, who was prime minister. Yeah, I think Saxon would have happened regardless. So. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the, I, it, it might have been convenient, but if it wasn't convenient, he would have just killed them anyway. Like he would have just got in the way. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, what is mm. right? Here's something that I, I maybe next week gives me more answers, but I don't remember it doing so. What does Lucy want from this arrangement? Uh, I don't know. She is just mega horny for <laughs> for Harry, and he was pretty good to her dad, so that's that's important to her clearly. Yeah, but um, was he like? <laughs> Uh, apparently she says so i have no reason to doubt lucy yeah but like he didn't even exist until 18 months ago well yeah she he can meet a, a dad in 18 months yeah but what's he done that's so good like maybe sent him somewhere with a lot of money or some shit well they're married so clearly he would have met her family and be yeah. good to them at least yeah i don't know I, I that's this is this is something i can't work out in this because i understand like there's you know, you have Lawrence. To... If you're talking about the speed at which <laughs> relationships move, one might be careful of where you throw stones. Okay, <laughs> considering that you was living with your wife before you was even together. Okay, right. So... I, I'm not. I take the point, <laughs> but like, I'm I'm more interested in like, 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 what is good about this? What What does Lucy want out of this match? Like the power of it, I guess. Dick. You're not in the mood for a sensible conversation. <laughs> no, I did have a, I did, I was tempted to, to make Lucy my weirdo of the week at one point when I was trying to, mm. trying to figure out who that would be. And then I, I wrote down in my notes, um, weirdo of the week, Lucy, come on, girl, how good can the dick can be? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, the other day he did remove one tenth of the population, but like, you know. <clears throat> well, that was towards the end of the episode. She'd already made a choice by then. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I don't know. I think maybe she's attracted to power, maybe. And yeah, I don't know. Well, you get, I, you get. You she's get not a, a great person. No. Yeah, I mean that's true. You do, you do get a bit of that where she's like, I don't want to have this interview, and then the the person who I guess isn't a reporter but is disguised as a reporter, Vivian. Um, she's and a she, reporter, I think. 
Is she? Cause she then she, but then she sends it. To, I thought she might have been some sort of undercover situation because she's like sending no. encrypted files to Torchwood and all of this. I think that's that's just like for a fucking. Well, but I think she's a reporter. So like she's just getting the story out one way or another, kind of thing. Yeah, not necessarily that. Just getting it to the right people. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but like yeah. you do, you do get Lucy in that kind of. <clears throat> she's she's unwilling to take the interview, and then Vivian's like, well, you know, you know the 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 woman behind the power, Britain's first lady, and she warms to the idea very quickly of having a front page about her and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Writing women has been the strong point of this season. <laughs> so. I mean, um, I will say that there's some stuff with Martha in this episode which I really like, and um, yeah, we can discuss that in a bit. But but yeah, there's some there's some good stuff. Some some steps have been made, but overall, uh, yes, I would say some some look. I know it can be blasphemy in the eyes of some people to criticize our lord and savior russell t davies or whatever <laughs> okay but like i just think he's not as perfect as everyone makes out and there are certain missteps yeah. and mistakes that he makes along the way and has made and and i you know i'm hopeful that he has grown as a writer i think he has and and hopefully those missteps won't uh reappear but hey <laughs> just this, this episode is very much a prime example of some Russellisms, if there ever was one. Yeah, but you say you say it takes steps to like fix stuff. Do you want to talk about Martha now? Because we're kind of all over the place anyway in this one. Um, yeah. So I like the when the most cartoonish bomb in the world blows up her apartment. <laughs> this bomb. It's, it's so funny that bomb. It's just like it's like a big fucking Looney Tunes ass, just like fucking stick of dynamite with like a big clock on it and everything. It's it's literally like an alarm clock and dynamite. It's the, what what made it worse was that it was worse than I remember. The dynamite, for as silly as it looks, maybe I could have overlooked it, but then it has the printed words dynamite written on it as well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is I, I just I don't know whether I don't know whether it's the sudden nature of like the the kind of the whip pan and the spin of the TV, but just that reveal yeah. of the bomb, I just laughed. I genuinely burst out laughing in this one. <laughs> they might as well have had, you know, you know those ones you see in cartoons where it's just like a big black ball and then just a string on the end of it <laughs> with like the fuse coming down. They might as well have just had that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so once once her flag gets blown up and like the, they're out on the street or whatever, um, the she she's like worried about her family and stuff. She she calls them and like the doctor's like, you can't do that. You they they like tracking you or whatever. She's like shut the fuck up, man. Right? <laughs> like shut up. I'm doing this. And like I think this is the start of Martha starting to realize like, oh this guy's a bit of a prick. And yeah. like a lot of shit has gone wrong because of him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe he's not as great as I thought he was. Um, yeah, just starting to fall out of love. With him a little bit, which which I think is good because mm. boy is he a prick. Yeah, so. and it, and it is just like I think that if this season does anything well, it's like as much as you always say it as well, and I agree that we don't love the whole Martha pining for the Doctor, but it is a part of her character. It should be recognised as like part of her arc and everything. Um, yeah. And it is somewhat redeemed at the end with like stuff like you just said. Um, but they, they also do a good job of expressing just like sometimes the lack of humanity that 10 can express um and i think that is like again that's just clear cut in this like just no concern he's like you can't call them they'll be tracking you and then they could find me 
And it's like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's worth the risk to make the call to see if they're still breathing. And the doctor just yeah. like, I, 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 I do like as well the fact that there's, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe it's Jack there and he's like not wanting to <laughs> like be seen as too weak. But the doctor like just kind of shuts down after that. He's just like, yeah, okay, sorry. Yep, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she like really just fucking yells at him and then he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just like go to the car, just like heads down. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, this is something I wanted um, your opinion on as well. Um, do you? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's ready. <laughs> um, France. <Sorry>. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Francine on the phone to Martha. Um, yes. This is obviously this. Is actually... <laughs> Fuck. Stop. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um, Francine on the phone to Martha. Um, this is. Do, do you think like this, the whole saying like you know come over with I might be getting back together with your dad. Yeah. I don't know whether to read this as just like. I I I wouldn't. Betrayal is the wrong word, but like, do you think she's just kind of having to go with it and she's reluctant but doing so? Or I thought maybe in this time round she might be saying something so innately ridiculous. The whole like the front scene would never ever get back with her dad, uh, with Martha's dad. Like, do we I think don't she's... think either of those are correct, Lawrence. Okay, I think you're wrong on two fronts, so double wrong. No, you okay, <laughs> yeah, you're wrong twice. Okay, <laughs> wrong squared. Yeah, uh, first of all, I don't think Mar- Francine would ever consider fucking betraying Martha like that. Yeah, not that you know it's it's betrayal really because she doesn't know. Um, I I believe it's more the case that like some kind of deal has been cut. Like, if you get Martha here, she'll be safe. Don't worry. We won't hurt her. We won't hurt you. We just need here so we can ask her more about the doctor or, or whatever or something like this. Right. Um, and she's just going along with that because she wants her family to be safe. She wants Martha to be safe. So that's that's what I think is the most logical explanation there. Okay. Like a, the path of least yeah. resistance because she's been misled, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That would explain her yeah. kicking off a... Is it, is it Clive? Is that her dad's name? Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe. That would explain... Because Clive obviously sees through it and starts having a kick-off at the neighbourhood. Um, yeah. So that would probably explain that. She's like, what are you doing? You know, we were going to be safe and all of this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think... I, I like that. Do you know what? Something I really, really like about this episode and this scene in particular like i know in season one we had like jackie and mickey being hunted by the slitheen but this there's something about this and how like pointed and like targeted at martha's family that it just it's never felt this close to home this is awful like the the way like the family just like rounded up really and just like locked away and that sort of stuff it's really it's not nice it's not nice like to look at really and i i really enjoy this whole sequence first of all i love the way like her dad just like like gives it away and he just like yeah fuck it they're they're here like fucking run get out of here and then he's just like trying to fight his way through them all and stuff that's great yeah um but then i love when martha actually gets there um in a little fucking 99 fucking Ford Fiesta or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. But she is just stunt riding as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a focus. Is it a focus? Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, but she's she's just there, and then there's just the whole, just the tense moment, just everyone's staring at each other, and it's just, target identified! Yeah. Take aim! 
I love that moment, man. And then just the whip around and the the glass shattering on the back and the bad camera inside of the car with a weird angle and all that stuff. I put down the the switch to dash cam for action shot. (laughs) Um, It's great. You've seen seen the behind the scenes of that? Um, Of that being filmed? At some point, yeah. It's just it's just John Barrowman ripping the piss out of David Tennant for like most of it. <laughs> yeah, because he's sat in like the in the back seat, so he's just kind of like yeah. poking at him and prodding him, and <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but yeah, no, I I like that, and I think mm. you get more of the like Martha and some better writing on her as well. Like as she's she's dri- she's driving off, and she's like, you know, she's evading gunfire. She's watched her family yeah. be rounded up and basically put in a fucking cage. Um, yeah. And, like, Martha, like, she, she's doing the, the 2007, um, you know, um, watershed version of basically just rinsing out the Doctor in every way. She's like, oh, you know, the only place yeah. you could go to is planet Earth. And, like, implying I that, like... that moment, yeah. yeah like, implying well, just, like, just the Doctor never considered that, like, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> And like, yeah, so uh, he's being so nonchalant about the whole thing. And Martha's mm-hmm. just like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like, I like to imagine that she would have said that, like when the between the scenes that we didn't see or whatever, mm. she's just like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> fucking, I am done. Like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> she's like, oh, there's only two Time Lords left. Well, both of you fuck off. <laughs> Go somewhere else. <laughs> what was- and he's just there the entire time, just like. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Lawrence, I must uh, let you know. Well, actually I must ask. Did you at any point celebrate and cheer during this episode? You know I did. Did right. you? Tell me when you cheered and celebrated. I celebrated at the return of our queen. The- yes, Lawrence, <laughs> me too. Trinity Wells, our queen, <laughs> the newsreader for AMNN. Yep. She is back, baby. She She's just letting us know what goes on. I love yeah. if there's if there's a Russellism that we can you know write in the history books as just being incredible every single time it pops up. It's this just running series of regular newscasters that appear, but specifically this woman. She is in the 60th anniversary. I will fucking <laughs> shit my pants. I, I will. Yeah. I will scream in my house down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will be there on. It'll be like that moment in Endgame. Like this is my Endgame. This yeah. if Trinity Wells shows up <laughs> in the 60th anniversary. That's the thing. What I love about it as well is that they're, they're solely there as like just a quick exposition, like a quick. Yeah. If you've it, like it, it's designed for Saturday night TV. If you've just come home yeah. from work and this is on, here's the plot. Yeah. It's it, it, and it's so good. She's she's great. She's phenomenal. When was the last time we saw her? Season two. Uh, yeah, um, um, I think it would have been the um, ghosts and shit and whatever. Yeah, ghosts and Cybermen or something. Yeah, so say it, it seems recent in TV show, but that's been like multiple months for us. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> we've been deprived of her for too long. I like I like the conversation between the master and the daughter. I like mm. that first of all, no matter what version we get of these characters, these two characters, I think there's always a little bit of a romantic tension between the two of them. Yeah. There's always just some little, almost erotic. It is, uh, yeah. It's very much on the master's end because like the whole, when he first hears his voice and the whole slowly pulling out the phone out of his pocket and the, oh, yeah, I 
love it when you say my name yeah. like that. It's, <laughs> it's very sexually charged. It is, it is. And it's like, it, what it always feels like is two exes that shouldn't be talking to each other. Toxic exes, yeah. yeah. Like, they know the relationship is bad for each other, but they just can't, like, help feeding into it. <laughs> the doctor says at one point, like, I can save him, I can fix him. <laughs> I can make it work. That's the, that is their relationship to a T. It's always the doctor being like, I can fix him. And the master just, like, blowing shit up in the background. <laughs> With his big dynamite sticks. Yeah. Yeah, no, but you're right, though, because it like, it's filled with tension, right? I mean, look, you know, boomer fans of the revival era will be like, oh, you know, just two enemies. They haven't seen each other. It's the first time they've been on, haven't been on screen in a while, right? Lawrence no. has deployed his racist voice again. <laughs> that's not right. How is that? That's me, that's me being an old man. <laughs> yeah, but that's your racist voice. Like, if you were to do an impression of a racist person, what would oh, you do? I thought you were saying the voice I was doing was racist, and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> no, ow. No, 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 no. I was like, have I been doing some accent I haven't known about? <laughs> um... But yeah, Lawrence was doing a crude Indian accent. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I promise. Um, but yeah, like I think a lot of people. You're right. I'm glad you said it as well because I think a lot of people mm. would pass it over as just like, oh, you know, these characters haven't been on screen together in decades. You know, it's it. That's yeah. the, that's the tension and that's the drama. Like, no, it's not. No, they want a kiss. <laughs> yeah, the drama is the doctor wants to give him a kiss, and he yeah. and he wants to give the doctor a kiss, but he doesn't want to do it without doing a little bit of mischief as well. Yeah, you want a mischievous kiss. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it like it also serves a good purpose as well. Like it, it reintroduces them quickly. Like just you can sum up the master's ego by the one line of the tenth doctor saying, you know, like well, you chose your name, the master, like it's fucking psychiatrist field day. And yeah, and it's true. Like he's just got an ego yeah. on him, and the doctor is compulsively fucking drawn towards almost to a fault, trying to protect everyone and everything. I think you can say the same about the Doctor, though. Because, mm. like, yeah, the Master chose his name, and that's, like, an immediate red flag. Like, <laughs> whoa, buddy, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, but I think there's also an, a bit of a red flag. Not a, not necessarily... It's more of a subtle red flag with the Doctor. It's, it's pompous. I wouldn't even say it's a red flag. It's Yeah, it's just a bit like, I want to help people. I want to yeah. I want to be so good and like, people look up to me. And this I'm not like the other and, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bit of that about it, really. I, um, <laughs> and look, to be fair, you get... Uh, we'll get back to the conversation, mm-hmm. but just while we're on the kind of hubris and ego of these two maniacs, basically. <laughs> yeah. You can't not bring a bit of pretentiousness around the whole universe and time and space when you, you, you the pay, the place you grew up in their 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 continent is called Wild Endeavor and their mountains <laughs> are called Solace and Solitude, right? Yeah. The the elitism of like Jack says like oh the legends of Gallifrey made it sound so perfect. The doctor's like oh it was you know aside from the war crimes and the atrocities and. <laughs> Just generally being known for fence sitting and watching ter- terrible things happen. <laughs> what I love about Gallifrey's like representation and progression uh, throughout the series of Doctor Who, it's it's so funny because you got like nine and ten being very wistful about it and <laughs> romanticizing it. It's like, oh yeah, it's a lovely place. Eleven's like had some issues but you know it was mostly pretty great and stuff and it was you know a, a nice place 
And then it's after it's like, I fucking hate this place. And I, <laughs> I fucking hate everyone here. And I will happily kill you all myself. I fucking hate you all. Hasn't he? I'm That's pretty great. sure, like, I'm, I've seen a clip, again, because there's a lot of Capaldi era I haven't seen. Mm. If, you, if you're new to the show, it's my, it's my kind of... The the, sh- the part of the show it will there will become a point where it becomes it's a, a watch gray podcast area. yeah yes um but isn't there isn't there a point where like Capaldi's there and he's like mm. what regeneration are you on and some guy's like oh, my tenth and he's like sorry about this and just shoots him <laughs> there is yes there's there's context behind that though it's not just the fact that oh you're a time lord I'm gonna kill you like there's reasons for it but, but he lands yes, on Gallifrey and he's like give me a gun <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get all these motherfuckers. <laughs> Um, but yeah anyway sorry back to the mm. yeah the, the very sexually charged phone call with the most dramatic um, transition to speakerphone to handheld you've ever seen yeah um, it's, it's very by the way just quick side note quick this is going way off tangent and back to like series two mm. um, I, I was talking to someone on, um, on, a, on a Facebook comment in like one of the planet broadcasting groups can't remember the name of them I'm very sorry um, but I was I was talking to someone. They said they're like, "Oh, they love the show," and I was like, "Oh, that's okay, thank you." And then they they said like they mentioned the deleted scene from um, the Cyberman two parter, which like can uh, just flat. Remember we was talking about uh, Ricky and Jake and how like oh they're boyfriends. Like, yeah, there's a deleted scene which fully confirms that they actually are in fact boyfriends. Really? And I was like, what? <laughs> so I like looked it up, and it actually fucking exists. It's the scene like you know when Mickey stays behind, and then he's in the van with Jake at the end. I'm like, let's go to like France or whatever they do. Yeah. Um, there's just a moment before that where like Jake is like. You're not him. You'll never be him. You know he was mm. like this, and then at one point he just says he was the best boyfriend I ever had, and then Mickey just goes, <laughs> "All right, yeah, I'm definitely not replacing him." Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fully. <laughs> Wonder why that got cut. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, one can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I like, but... I like that how unsubtle that line is, though. Like it obviously wanted to be in the episode, and they're, they're just like, you'll yeah. never be him. By the way, we had. We were, we were romantic and we had sex together, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so unsubtle. He was the best boyfriend ever. Anyway, we were right. They are boyfriends. So, vindication. So, ten, so we've gone we've gone out on a limb for one for one. Now it's... Mm. Um, we're, we're one out of two. Was yet, has it yet to be confirmed that Sim and Ten were, were gay for each other? Oh, look. The, the Master and the Doctor is like the oldest fucking... <laughs> ship in the universe all right yeah. like this isn't new for us all right this is long been a thing okay was there this is out there was there um has, has like does it does it come down later on the line does it get more romantic i can't remember it it does uh, I, yes it's complicated okay all right yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah but like different do- different doctors different masters i guess it's yeah somewhat different exactly. all the time yeah um all right so they they have a bit of backstory uh we're long privy to gallifrey's you know no longer here anymore um yes but the the master that this is all new information for him and he's like basically tells the story of how he like they they revived him because he'd be the perfect soldier and the master's big heroic moment he just kind of went yeah, n- no, <laughs> not doing, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be a human. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. I like the concept. We we don't get to see the time war again for a, a very, very long time after this point. But I like the concept of it has to live in our imaginations at this point at broadcast date. Um, something so scary that the master just shit himself and ran away from it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying, really. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. I just like all the, the peaks to it that we get. Obviously, <laughs> we're coming from a place where we know now what exactly what it looked like. Um, yeah. But... Well, some of it. We've we've only seen a very small amount. Like, the yeah. time war went on for... <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to say when you're dealing with time travel. Yeah. But, like... It went on for a while. Yeah. Like exactly how long? I don't know. But like it was it was going on for a bit. It wasn't yeah. just like, oh hey, it's a nice little weekend of war and then we're all spiff off. We, we've whatever. seen like we've seen occupied Gallifrey and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 went on long enough for John Hurt to visually age like about fifty years. Yeah. And he's a time lord who ages a lot slower <laughs> than than <laughs> normal so oh that's true yeah it takes like matt smith's doctor like 300 years to get old doesn't it yeah yeah exactly so quite a few years but then again i don't fucking know <laughs> it's t- i mean it's time travel we don't understand it yeah. right we, we, we can't know <laughs> um all right the, the kind of the, the punching point of this conversation is like you know right the the master has has, has sent torchwood to not be in the episode they've they've been written out and then, like, yeah. basically, Jack's leads are coming up short. Martha's pissed off at the Doctor. The Doctor's got no angle. So he's just like, wow, into hiding we go, I guess, for five yeah. minutes or one night or whatever. I do like that little sequence where it's the Master just, like, telling them to run. Mm. And then the Doctor's just, like, looking around, kind of helpless. And it's just, like, Martha's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And, uh, and he's just like, ah, <laughs> Run. I guess we're I guess. I guess we're doing this. Yeah. 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 And uh, again Murray Gold just fire on those keys mm. once again whilst you know the, the music plays and, and they go into hiding and yeah, it's good. It's all good stuff. It is very good stuff. And they find they find this kind of obscure it's like it's a location in like film and T V that you only would ever find if your character is in hiding. This very yeah. open and broad, but somehow extremely secluded warehouse space, but also on the street. Yeah, very strange. With like, does it does it have a roaring bin fire? I can't remember. Yeah, I I can't remember it, but I would say almost certainly. <laughs> the vibes are a roaring bin fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do your little know about Martha and her chips? Yeah, right. So uh, I'll present this one as as if it's fresh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, Martha... I'll, I'll act like I've never heard it before. Oh, please, yeah, I'll read it um, verbatim. Martha, public enemy number three, goes and fetches chips. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For the lads. <laughs> Very funny. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> no, but I, I, I wrote it down. It, it, it is a silly note, but like, 
She is supposed to be. I feel like it, they, they've run it. They've they've run for their life. They're in hiding, and I I just find it very funny that almost the next scene, Martha's up. I went and got the chips. <laughs> It is literally their first night on the run. I imagine them then getting to the warehouse. They've been on the run for approximately an hour. And then just like Jack or someone's like, oh, I'm starving. Anyone hungry? <laughs> Martha's like, I literally just ran past the chip shop. Like, if you wanted chips, why didn't you say? Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Chips. We, we get a bit more, um, a bit more master backstory here. Um, I don't know if this is entirely made up for the revival because the master obviously is a long-standing character. Um, yes, is this is yes. this untempered schism new for revival? I don't know. No idea. I'd imagine so. Yeah, a little bowl haircut kid looking into the time vortex. Um, yeah, I had him. I had him in battles of uh, <laughs> the, the battles in time trading cards. I had untempered schism master. Um, I probably do have him somewhere. I've yeah. got a whole deck. He was, a, he was a shiny rare, which meant he was in almost every pack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Along with businessman number three. Oh, yeah. And mood dealer. Who could forget? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that one that you found where it was like, Tim, watch action or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It's the one where he's opening the watch. Yeah, and it's like, ha <laughs> My weapon. Um, but yeah. I, I wrote down, right, because... I don't feel I don't feel a lot of sympathy for the master, but at the same time, getting like a fucking eight year old to look into the entirety of time and space seems like a fucking dumb thing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the time lords aren't known for their great decisions, are they? Even though they're not exactly known for being nice guys or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. That, that was something interesting, though. You don't you don't have a sympathy for the master. Do you think he's beyond redemption, or see that you think there's no mm. there's no there's no part which is I don't know. Talk me through that. I think the master needs to do a lot of the show knows it as well. I think the master does needs to do a lot of growing. This kind of touches in on the conversation I, I wanted to have later as well. Like you know, Jack. We're having it now. <laughs> no, no, I know. But like later on, the the point is kind of made in the show. <laughs> like Jack's like. I could. The doctor's like, look at this percep- this perception filter um, necklace I made, and Jack's like, I'm going to use it to fucking kill him. I'm going to use it as yeah. a, a fucking garrot wire or something. No, and, that sounds like torchwood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that 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 is kind of what you're asking, I guess. Like, do I think there's there's a point to having empathy? And I think not this version, not yet. Like, because right now he's just full of. Like, his ego's taken a beating because he was an old man. Everyone's seen him at his weakest, right? Mm. Basically being a human, feeble old guy trying to help people, which he perceives as, like, to be the worst possible thing you could ever look like. Um, And, um, yeah, no, I I think right now, no. And he's, like, I mean, not to touch in on next week too much, but, like, he's unwilling to be forgiven. He doesn't want that. And I think the second Mm. that the Master does kind of get to accept that which i like there's a part of sim in his next appearance next season which is a bit like hmm i don't know maybe. he has a moment he has a moment yeah, yeah. so I, but, but i i think that's that's more not you know but i i think that's more like who he's talking to rather than the situation yeah I've, i think that's more of a he has an issue with them rather yeah. than i hate you more than I'm i hate good. this guy yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I, to answer your question, this 
iteration of the master in this episode i don't think so i don't think there's i don't think there's a point of redemption for him that could be met you see i think you're right because sim master is uh, he doesn't ever seem to show like any sign of like oh maybe you know like there's he's sexist till his last breath <laughs> he really is <laughs> like he 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 is given opportunity after opportunity mm. after opportunity to you know to do the right thing to try and turn the other foot and to to do something good and it's every single time it's just apart from the one time in in like the next his next appearance um but for the most part it's just constant rejection towards that Missy's a very different story. Yeah, I know. Um, from what I remember from Missy, it's yeah. virtually—I mean, not a different character, but the character has grown in a way that we didn't expect it to be. Yes, yes. Um, and Dewan Master. Honestly, I think we've had too little of Dewan Master to really get a sense. Yeah. Um, to really know, which is a shame. And I'd like to see more Dewan as the Master. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, I, just I think you're right. Eleven with... never had a master. No, he didn't, no. Nuts. No. Matt Smith recently said he'd love to play the Master. Ooh, that could be cool. Mm. But I also feel like yeah. it, it would never happen because it'd just break too many people's heads open. If the Doctor can come back as a Doctor, why not? True, yeah. There's, there's some weird scenario where it could happen for like <laughs> one night only or whatever. Anything is possible <laughs> From a writer's pen. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's Especially true. one that takes such liberties with the UK political fucking system. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yes. Uh, Lawrence, did Jack change Torchwood or is he just talking shit? I think he's talking shit. Yeah, I think he's talking... It, it, the Torchwood... It, right, what I will say is it's gone from a corporate organized um hoarding of alien technology and information um under the guise of helping the public to Mm. a less corporate version of exactly what i just said right it's now people are having more sex with each other (laughs) (laughs) yes is and there's a sexy cyber woman in the basement or whatever (laughs) His version was never that corporate, though. Like he he mm. says, like he rebuilt it. I'm like, did you though? Has your version just always been there? Because like, I mean, you've been there for a hundred years, and like we see flashbacks in the show of Torchwood where it's like, yeah, it just seems like the exact same as as it does. And like Canary Wharf, like at this point, it was a year ago. Like, yeah, like come on, yeah. I mean, it kind of. I think they wrote themselves into a corner a little bit because having Torchwood appear in Doctor Who and then having a spin-off show with Jack leading up Torchwood and it being a very different Torchwood because they didn't want to write, you know, we're in Canary Wharf and that's the setting of this show. Yeah. They wanted it to be grimy and gritty and people having sex on their desks and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which is just not going to happen in a nine-to-five office <laughs> situation. Um, so I don't know. I think they... I, I think... I don't know necessarily if Jack is talking shit. I think Russell was doing his best to write himself out of a corner that he put himself in. Um, Maybe. I've just put, Jack works for Torchwood, the Doctor gets huffy. So I wasn't really prepared for this level of cross-analysis on Torchwood, (laughs) if I'm honest. (laughs) All right, fair enough. I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you move on then. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, no. Do you do you think? Do you think it's like? No, I just think he's talking shit. Yeah, he's just trying to get out of jail with the doctor a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, sorry, torture. I I've got a note, and I'm curious to get your take on this again. Um, Lawrence, I would love nothing more than to hear your no right now. Thank you. Uh, well, I would love nothing more than to tell you. Um, what? Right? They say the Archangel Network is global, right? You know, and yes. the doctor says, you know, you know, four little beats under it all, lines of code. Vote Saxon. Trust me. Vote Saxon. Yes. What does the vote Believe Saxon me. part of this hypnosis do to anyone outside of the UK, which is most of the world? <laughs> Are they just? Do know. they wake up and they go like? I wish I could fucking vote Saxon. What is that? What is that? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they. Um, what they do is they go onto his website, and if you're outside of the UK and you go to the section that says "Vote Saxon," it just takes you to a page where you can donate to his campaign. Yeah, and then you just like send him all your money or whatever, and then he gives all that money to Lucy's uh, Lucy's dad, <laughs> something like that. I don't know because he was so nice to her father. Do you reckon when when they go there, the first thing they do before they donate to that page is they first check out the Meet the Wife page and they leave oh, a, of course, yeah. a nice, a nice you gotta comment. Check in. you got to check in on the missus. Exactly. See how Lucy's doing, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I like the I like the perception filter, but we, we, we've heard about the perception filter. We've heard about the perception filter, but now we get to see it with a bit of camera trickery and explaining. I like the, 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 yeah. the, the little pan to the left. It's just a silly bit of fun I like. It's like when you fancy someone and they don't even know you exist. What a prick, man. Yeah. What a prick. What an, I want to punch him. He's such a prick. Yeah, it's it's no good. Jack says, you too, huh? Is he talking about Rosa yeah. himself? I think he's talking about himself. I think so. I don't think he's, I don't think he's talking about Rose. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Doctor very much did notice Rose. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Lawrence, the president of the United States, shows up. For listeners, I've been told I'm not allowed to do an impression, or Nathan will end the podcast early. So, if you're if you're wondering, you always what... do it. You do it all the time. Any chance you get, you'll do your President Winters impression. I don't think it's half bad. I don't think it's good. I just don't think it's terrible. I've heard it too much, Lawrence. <laughs> So, so now no one gets to hear it. Okay, fine. It's probably on a previous episode. You can go find it. Um, I he's a he's. I mean, he's fine. He's he's there to be the president for a bit, isn't he? He's he's there to to be America personified. Yeah, really, <laughs> kind of. Um, he's there to be an idiot. That's not to get America, more just himself. But then he's. Again, you know, I mentioned earlier, like, there's some moments where Russell was putting pen to paper and it was just completely, like, I cannot make sense of it at all. This is some stuff which blows my fucking mind. Like, I, <laughs> the pre- the President Winters stuff, and I'm like, I, I have a note here. Um, it, the note says, oh, this is jumping ahead a little, but whatever, we're talking about the president. Yeah. Um, it says, President-elect, question mark. I am fully convinced RTD has no idea how any kind of politics works in 2007. This guy is president-elect? So like, that- president-elect, for those who don't know, is what you are once, what a president is once he's won the election, once he or she has won the election, but then has not taken office as the president. 
Yeah. So like between November and January, when you've won the election, but you're not yet in the role, that's president-elect. Yeah. So this guy isn't even president yet. And he's like, I'm in charge or whatever. You're not even in charge of your own country, mate. <laughs> exactly. There's someone else in charge. Probably George Bush. Yeah. And then, and then the natural leap in logic is to say, well, the president was busy. That's why a vice president exists. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but like bit more. What's bit? What? What could you have? Yeah, which is more important than this? <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> what? What is going on that demands your attention more than first contact? Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't make sense. I. I don't have a it counter make, to it. No. Like, <laughs> I just th- I just think Russell has heard the term president elect mm. and didn't really know what it means and thought it was like oh that's what the president calls himself the- that's like the official title yeah. he-, he like heard it and thought oh president elect means I have been elected president and now I am president so yeah cause hello does- I'm president elect yeah because it like it doesn't it doesn't come back and it's not relevant in a way that would make sense for it to just not be the regular president, right? Like, And also everyone else just calls him the president. Like yeah. Trinity Well on the news, they're like, the president is in... President Winters is in fucking England or whatever. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm just looking up what is president-elect to make sure I'm right. Sure. The president-elect of the United States is the candidate who has presumptively won the U.S. presidential election and is awaiting inauguration to become the president. Yes, exactly. Um, so there we go. Russell, what is go? What were you cooking in 2007, <laughs> man? What, what on earth? <laughs> look, look I, I fully believe in the past six fucking hell 16 years um that he is he has grown and he knows more about politics and like it's not important at the end like who cares but it's still it's just like it's just a weird thing that really just like yeah takes me out of it i guess It, it is a little wrinkle that's just like why did you do that like yeah yeah so i i yeah like you say it doesn't there's no, you can't get hung up on it, but it it does just make no sense. And the only logical conclusion is that he actually just doesn't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's genuinely it. Yeah, yeah. It's just he's he would have heard it at one point, and then he was like, "Oh, that sounds good. I'll just call him that." Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that must be his full title, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, a ship? No, no, we're not there yet. We're we're the, the um, Martha's family. Are like, I don't know what other people think Harold Saxon is about and what he's up to, right? Because he's he's yeah. just met with the family. He sorry, he's met with the president elect, right? He said his yeah. he said his speech is whatever. He's gone inside. He's but there are other people that just like work for the government around. As a prison van pulls up and Harold Saxon's like, way all the way from prison. <laughs> They're like, yeah, who is this fucking that, yeah. bizarre lunatic that the UK have elected? <laughs> yeah. And also, is this legal, I, what he's doing to these people? I, I mean, he doesn't care about that. No. But, like, clearly he's got, like, his own team and, like, his own soldiers and stuff mm. and everything like that. But, but yeah, there are just, like, regular, I don't know, people around. Like, There's probably just, like, people who work at the airport and they're just like... 
There's all the new prime minister. Like, you got some prisoners. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like laughing at the prisoners. Like, this seems weird. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? It felt malicious in intent. I'm not sure I understand. Um, yeah. The doctor says putting the key around the master's neck will show the world what he really is. But to the rest of the world, is he not just a man in his thirties? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> what will it do? <laughs> He's still got a laser in his pocket. He can still kill everyone in the room and do the exact same thing. Lawrence, they're on the Valiant. They're on the Hell Carrier. Yes, they are. The Helly Carrier. Were these a big deal in 2007? Do they exist now? What? Like Hell Carriers? Are they a a sci-fi concept (laughs) that I just think is real? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're not real. (laughs) (laughs) They're water-based ones are. (laughs) They're called... What are they called? Like fucking shit. Well, navels and like, oh, I can't think what they're called now. <laughs> Big airships. Airships? I think they're called waterships. <laughs> <laughs> they're not called waterships. What are they called? Oh, that's annoying me now. You know, they're they're in Top Gun and shit. Yeah, I've seen them, but I like aircraft aircraft carrier aircraft carrier. Look, call me stupid. I just I think this was a sci-fi concept. Like I saw it in the Avengers. I saw it in this, and I was like, they got it. That was like. 2007 and 2012, like they've got to be a thing by now. Ten years. <laughs> did you did you not think by the fact that like when those when both of the concepts are introduced in Doctor Who and Avengers, everyone is like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is whoa, we're, we're we're going into the sky." Whoa, did you not, did that not clue you in on the what? fact that like maybe? Well, no, because one of, one of them real. that gets shocked is like a fucking 90 year old <laughs> man who's been in ice for most of his life, and it was and like he was surprised by a fucking. I don't know, just the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Look, I wrote it down. (laughs) I literally wrote it down. A ship of the 21st century. Was this a big deal in 2007? Are they real now? I'm very confused. (laughs) They're not real, Lawrence. Okay, all right. Well, then I'm, I guess I'm more impressed. As far as we know, who knows what, like, they have cooking up. (laughs) A unit which exists. Yeah, like, yeah, a real unit. <laughs> yeah. I love that meme that's been going around at the moment. It's like, secret organization unit, and then a shot from like the trailer of the 60th, where it's like, <laughs> just a massive fucking skyscraper with yeah. unit plastered on the side of it. Don't tell anyone we're unit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, right, so we, we get on we get on the helicarrier. Um, the TARDIS has been... Um, redified. It's been turned red and evil. Um, Cannibalized, yeah. the Doctor describes it as. Lawrence, the TARDIS has never looked better. It looks okay. great. It looks really cool. How dare you? It, that was a little joke uh, for me digging the appearance of the TARDIS, but how dare you? I think it looks... She is in distress, Lawrence. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it looks cool. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's a, you open those doors and it's a whole different vibe. It's gone is the, the, the greeny blue and the, all the coral and everything. It's now just red and it's making a big noise. Like, boom. It's great. It looks yeah, and sounds cool. It, it's in distress, Lawrence. She's not having a good day. I, know, okay? I, I feel sorry for the TARDIS. But... It sounds like you love that the TARDIS has been cannibalized. No, I don't. I don't. I just <clears> think it looks cool. Um, but yeah. So it's a paradox machine and we don't... This yeah. episode doesn't tell you why, does it? So we shouldn't say here. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. We'll save it for next week because... I mean, you can figure it out, but yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it becomes blatant, I think. Quite yeah. quite clear. Um, I, did you... I, I don't know. We've spoken about this. We spoke about this with the screwdrivers. Uh, we spoke about this with the Jadoon scanner. Did you have a laser screwdriver toy? Did not. No, no. I, I think I mentioned before, I never had any Doctor Who toys as a kid. Oh, yes, you um, did say, yeah. Yeah, no. Never. All I had were I had the bars and time... Uh, cards and I had the the little TARDIS holder for them. That's that was the extent of my uh, childhood Doctor Who toys. Adulthood is a different story. <laughs> I'm collecting them. Like I'm 29 now. I got a screwdriver. I got some action figures. <laughs> like, like, I can buy these. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're an adult. You can buy what you want. <laughs> Yeah, it's my money. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone, come in here. You're listening to a Doctor Who podcast. Get a life yourself. Yeah. Leave me alone, nerds. Um, um, no, um, no, I, I never had a, a laser spanner, unfortunately. Much to my... Uh, much as I wanted. <laughs> I, I've put down the laser screwdriver. I love it. I think it looks silly, and it, I like its little yeah. orange laser that it fires out. I think it's great. I think I like that it's seemingly three features are stun, kill, and turn old, and then turn mega old, <laughs> which I like. It's it's so dumb because like, what? Why is it a screwdriver? Like, what? For, why is the Sonic a screw? They're not screwdrivers. They're just little things. But like, <laughs> like. Who's, who's building a screwdriver and go, ah, oh, yes, I'm going to use this to shoot lasers and make people old. <laughs> like, it's purely just because the doctor has one and, like, he's, like, the anti-doctor, I guess. Yeah. So, like, this is what he has. It's more marketable but, to, to call it a yeah. screwdriver, yeah. And we can sell it in Argos, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's where I got it. I got mine from Argos. <laughs> there you go. Um, He turns... Right, well, hang on, let's let's go through this. He assassinates the president. Um, he does, he assassinates the president. The world is watching. Trinity Wells is obviously delivering a beautiful um, a beautiful commentary mm. on the events of their first contact. We get flash, not flashbacks, we get snippets of like people all around the world watching. We get those very stereotypical American kids in their dorm room. They're like got Budweisers and they got their <laughs> Letterman jackets on and their backwards baseball caps. <laughs> There's probably a poster of like a red car and like a Route 66 <laughs> sign on the on the wall <laughs> because they're in America. Yeah, you, you can tell it was authentically captured in America. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I like. Hey guys, you want to come over and drink some Budweisers and watch First Contact on the news? How come you're allowed yeah, to do an accent? Sounds, this isn't fair. That sounds cool, bro. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm not doing President Winters. Lines. Fine, fine. I guess. Um, Since Britain elected an ass, no. yes, no. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> you're not allowed. Fine. Fine. Um, yeah, he does all that. Um, and then just basically just... It seems like a really elaborate plan to just get on a plane and take over the world. I feel like he didn't need to do any of this. Do any of what, though? Become the Prime Minister. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. I I just think it makes it more fun Yeah, for him. Like, that, that's purely what it is. He doesn't need to become Rasputin. It's... <laughs> fun for him to do it though yeah that's he, fair he's weird and he he's weird and he likes 
getting in disguise and doing weird little things and like integrating himself within something and then is like surprise i'm an alien and i'm gonna kill you all actually so it's weird like it it, when you consider it it's i do i do get like the character motivation it's just funny to consider the doctor was able to achieve the same presence on the same plane overnight with a bit of string and a key (laughs) yeah but yes but the doctor doesn't have an army of toclophane at his beck and call right so like just being there isn't enough to fulfill his plan and get all that done. That's true. He yeah. also has to do the legwork and, and all this sort of stuff. And he probably might. Is this, mm. he, he he probably needs the Archangel Network as well for yeah. something. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. He probably needs it for something next episode, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, can't, I actually I cannot remember what his main plan is. I thought it was mostly just this. Get up here. It's mostly just domination. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly just world domination. Rule the, rule the world. And... Oh, but then there's. He wants to bring Gallifrey here as well. Isn't it? Not like physically, just like make Earth new Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah. It's got some like. We'll save. We'll save physically <laughs> bringing that for next season. Yeah, for sure. But... Um, Right. This is. I don't know if you're prepared for this, but you have a platform here to give me some humble pie if you'd like to. Oh, I, I there is nothing I love more than giving you a nice slice of freshly baked, much like your wife has been baking goods mm. all day long. <laughs> so now, before we started the podcast, Lawrence was complaining that his wife has been baking all day long. <laughs> it's too hot. The oven's been on all day. It's too hot I, in the house. And then I called him a prick. <laughs> right. I see. The thing is, I don't know whether to save this. I don't know whether to have this discussion now, or we could wait about five years and have it then. Well, what's the basis of it? What's the discussion? The basis is the master dancing to a popular song at the time. Ah, Lawrence, Lawrence, you have you have seen my notes, I see. Oh no, for, for I have written here. Oh look, they had the master dance to a popular song, so it would blow up on TikTok. <laughs> Is my exact note, which is a little bit tongue-in-cheek because this is an argument that we've had and will continue to have many times. I think we should save it, to be honest with you, because I don't think we can fully get into it until then okay if i'm being honest yeah when it but be be prepared for the power of the doctor to be largely not about the power of the doctor (laughs) and mostly us two arguing about the use of a song (laughs) but what i will say is i like the inclusion of the fun moment of here come the drums okay it's a fun little inclusion and i like it It, yeah i I do as well um interesting yeah i know remember that he said that everyone remember that he said that clip that out i'm gonna save that (laughs) <laughs> um i have never considered before today that it right because it's a weird plan mm-hmm. to make the doctor yes. old to make him an old man yes like you know he's got he's got like chain we see next episode he's got chains he has restraints he could do yeah. anything he wanted to overpower the doctor but he decides to make him a feeble old man and i just think that's very telling towards his vanity and ego because he was like Remember yeah. last week when I was an old man? Now you're the old man. Who's the real loser? You. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it just has m- massive, like, the energy of someone who just cannot read the room, Yeah, really. Yeah. And he just can't understand that, like, 
what? Like, I wasn't bothered about that. Like, <laughs> I didn't care that he was an old man, but he's so hung up on it. Yeah. He's like, no, I was an old man, and now you're an old man. And he was like, and the doctor's like, what? Like, yeah. I, that, I don't care. <laughs> but it's eaten away at him, and now he's like, ha, 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 now you're the old man. And which, I'm young and cool. Which I very funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even in his regeneration speech last week, he was like, if the doctor can be young and strong, and the doctor's like... Uh, all right. <laughs> um, a different older tenant. Uh, to be fair, on reflection, looking back at it today, this version of tenant old is a lot older than the family of blood old tenant. Um, is it? I think so. I think. I think. Well, I, he was on his deathbed. He died. Yeah, but I, st- I still think he had like a seventy look about him, whereas this one feels like ninety. Yeah. Like like that Maybe. head that head of hair, you know. As much as David Tennant will try and keep proving us wrong in real life, that's not making it to <laughs> David Tennant's ninetieth birthday. You never know; it might. <laughs> I mean, it shows no sign of faltering. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I I like the line. Right, I just think it goes hard. Is should we decimate them? And then yeah. just remove one tenth of the population, like with literally just by opening his mouth, he now has this level of control. And like, how has this happened? How has the doctor took his foot off the ball this hard? <laughs> like the yeah, whole that's, season. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. A lot. One tenth of the population mm. what was that. The population was six billion at this point. Yeah. So that's like six hundred million. I think. I mean, I'm not good at maths. I'll take your word for it. I think it's 600 million. Wait, what's one tenth of six billion? It's 600 million. Oh, I was right. Yeah. Hey, nice there one. You go. <laughs> there you go. 600 million. Yeah. Which is pretty... It's a bad day on the job for the Doctor, basically. Yeah, no, not his best day, really. <laughs> Luckily, ultimately, it doesn't matter because shenanigans. But, yeah. like, you know... He can use he can use some clever writing to solve that. Problem. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Russell's here to save the day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't you worry. Russell and this pen are going to solve all of this. There's literally no need to go back in time other than to <laughs> rectify that as well. <laughs> like... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, like, look. Well, instead of spoiler, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 Mm. Um, I think it's a it's a brilliant ending. I think in the revival. It's never been more fucked than this, right? A tenth of the population yeah. has just been literally fucking decimated, as they say, right? Yeah. The Doctor has become an old man, which, as we all know, is a fate worse than death itself. Um, Especially for the tenth Doctor. Exa- exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's like, Doctor, they're being slaughtered down there. And he's like, I've got no hair. There are bigger <laughs> fucking things to worry about. Um, exactly. No, that Martha teleports away, that pan of just, like, the hillside looking at the world that's mostly just on fire and up in flames. Well, I love before that, I love the moment of, like, she sees her family and she just has, like, mm. just looking at them from across the the, the valley and um, just, like, knowing there's really nothing she can do at that point to help them physically anyway. Yeah. Like, she just needs to, to get out there and figure out whatever the fuck she's going to do. Mm. So... And I like... Yeah, the, like... And, it, and, it, and it seems quite hopeless, like... At this point, like, this isn't just a typical, oh, the Doctor's going to fix it with the Sonic, like, next week. Like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? What is going to mm. happen? Yeah. Like, 
yeah, shit is fucked. Stakes are high. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a good setup for the finale. For once, the revival has a cliffhanger that will take more than 30 seconds to resolve. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, excited about it. Uh, you get the iconic Martha's uh, I'm coming back line. Uh, yeah. I, I quote that almost daily. Like, yeah. I'll go upstairs to get someone from upstairs. My wife's like, where are you off to? And I'm like, don't worry, I'm coming back. Like it's that it's that level of frequency in my house, um, which yeah, it's... for you for you and and I guess for me that is more iconic than Arnold Schwarzenegger's "I'll Be Back" from yeah. Terminator Two. Yeah, I care <laughs> I care way way more about this one. <laughs> like, that's all very well and good, but he's no free management. So like, <laughs> exactly, this is the one we care about. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else on the episode itself? Lawrence, I would love to tell you one more thing about the episode. Weirdo of the Week! Weirdo! This is everyone's favourite section of the show where we get to take a look back and reflect on some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week. Lawrence, I am scared to ask who is your weirdo for this week. Why scared? I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I'm not really. (laughs) Okay. Um, My weirdo uh, is a few people. It's actually the entire guard of the Valiant this week. Okay. Yeah. I see. Oh, just going off who it is there, I would personally have gone with them for next week myself. But Mm. interested to hear your thoughts. Continue. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's true. They only get weirder. That is accurate. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I. So at at, at no point in this episode, and my my point is washed away entirely if there is a point in the episode where the master's like, this is my private security firm. Right. Yes. At no point is that ever mentioned, so therefore I'm confident that this is a weird thing that they do. You have a face on. <laughs> it was never mentioned, but it is seen, kind of, because well, like... Do they rip off and have the John Sim badges on instead or something? <laughs> no, but just given by the fact that they've rounded up Martha's family. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shooting at Martha <laughs> and she... Comes down and stuff. Like that. That seems pretty. <laughs> have I, sorry, have I just blown a massive hole in your weird? Not like <laughs> my my point necessarily somewhat still stands because I don't okay. I don't think while doing that they know that the master is an alien who's hell bent on world domination. They probably no, just think, think here's so. a prick. Yeah, that's got a bit of a beef on this family. My point is, and my, the, the the listeners can decide whether it's just been railroaded entirely or not. <laughs> okay. um, the entire guard of the Valiant um, are very happy to kind of enforce their power over over innocent people um, on the Valiant and take willingly take orders from a man who's just admitted he's not the prime minister is in fact an alien and has just assassinated the president of the United States. And well, then, he is the prime minister still. Well, I, I mean, I guess he is, yeah. But in yeah. the way that, like, I don't think Harold Saxon is a legitimate front anymore. Yeah, okay. Fair. Therefore, yeah. his leadership should be called into question if anyone <laughs> had the means for it. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think Parliament have been recalled after this, though. So. No, yeah, no, I don't think either. <laughs> but I've, my my point is, there's you know that you know there's some people like the definition of a job's worth, someone that just fucking rides their desk and loves their work and cares more about yeah. it than regular people. Um, yeah. Like, like, uh, right. Here's the thing: like a, a a bus driver that won't let you on the bus because you're one p short of the fare. Right, that's a job's worth. Yeah, and that, 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 a lot of time that's not their fault though. Like, no, I, I know, but <laughs> but in the moment when you're one piece short, yeah, I know. yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I think these guys are. I just think they're like they're like I, I mean I don't understand what's going on, but I get my job is to yeah. hold a gun at someone, so I guess it's these guys. <laughs> um, weirdos, I think. I think so. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, as I mentioned, I was tempted to say Russell because of yeah. everything, and and I still will. I think in in spirit, he's still a weirdo for this week, and and I think he should count towards the official weirdo listings, yeah. which I haven't been keeping up with. Um, but but I think my 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 actual weirdo um, will be the Doctor himself, really. Okay. Uh, for once again, and, we, and we've mentioned it throughout this, but just being the biggest prick going once again, just <laughs> yeah, all the way through. He's just like, what an absolute cunt you are, mate. Like, I mean, I think the moment that sold it for me was like when Jack, Martha, and the Doctor, when they get to the Valiant, they're like running around. Martha's like, oh, I'm a family. I need to get to my family. Like, my family are here. We just saw them as hostages. I need to make sure my family are okay. And he's like, oh, wait, wait. Oh, brilliant! There's a TARDIS. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, let's go see the TARDIS guy. Oh, come on, like, what a prick, man! Like, yeah, big, bigger stuff going on, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. I know, like the TARDIS can help them and stuff, but like, still, like you just read the room a little bit, get some yeah. sense of awareness about yourself, and don't maybe don't just say brilliant when Martha says my family have been taken hostage or whatever, you know. I maybe don't do that for for like a lot of reasons. I really enjoy this two part. Right? I I but there I'm now I'm taking on board everything you're saying and and my re my reevaluation of the tenth Doctor, who is my favourite Doctor and still to this point is right. But, <laughs> but I, I'm remembering. I'm 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 taking into account how like largely how he's been acting this season and then remembering what the end yeah. of the season teaches us about him. I'm excited to discuss it next week. Um, so, so we'll see how my rewatch of that episode fares up. Um, did we get any tweets? Uh, yes, we did. Epic. Um, Chapic. And I should say, again, last week's episode has not gone out at the time of recording yet. So um, our friend Greg Cactus Face <laughs> has not yet... Us <laughs> tell him that he does not need to const- to uh, to send his baseball references if he d- if he does not wish to. You, like you're free from this curse. Um, to, but of wait, course, to, he is not heard. To clarify, yet. we enjoy them quite a lot. Yes, he's, he's under yes. no obligation. Yeah. Uh, where's my tweet here? Uh, yes. So first one comes from Greg Cactus Face. <laughs> Uh, Actually, Cactus Face on Twitter, who says, 
When pitching in baseball, the arc, sorry, the arch slash angle of the pitch is very important. I know where this is going. (laughs) You could even say that it is key to successfully placing the ball in the baseball square. This episode first features the Archangel satellites, which they tune into the TARDIS key. Um, Great. (laughs) That's my favorite one yet. I like it quite a lot. <laughs> um, give it that like. Um, and then again, thank you, Greg. By no means are you obligated to continue. I love this. I love this so much, but don't feel pressured to do this every single week. Um, Callum, but I don't buy jam. I buy honey at CJ George two three three nine J on Twitter. Yep. Says. So does the fact that Jack was going to be in A Good Man Goes to War and might have been decapitated by the headless monks make you feel better about the face of Beau Reveal? No. <laughs> we know the you that he's referring to. It's not me. Yes. Um, yeah. Lawrence, this one's for me. I'll take this one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it does not, Callum, but I don't buy jam. I buy honey mm. because nothing can make me feel better about that reveal. <laughs> there is no way... Of of making me accept that Jack turns into the face of Bowie. Just you, you can you can throw in whatever weird law you want. I'm not buying it. I'm crossing my arms and I'm saying no. <laughs> Fair. Look, uh, Callum, I don't buy jam. I buy honey. Uh, I've been trying. Right, it won't happen. I appreciate you you yeah. fighting the good fight and trying to make Nathan accept what is established canon in the show. Um, no, not to me. No, it's not established canon to me. But, I am looking forward to, obviously, I imagine we'll be discussing that at length. Next. Get ready for a three-hour episode next <laughs> week. Um, I'm interested to hear what Catherine says, because Catherine will be joining us. Yes. Um, it is confirmed. I spoke to her the other day, so that is now confirmed. Yeah. Um, That's, so, so, list, yeah. Listeners of the show, that is uh, one of the hosts of the Missing Mystic Fools pod, and she's been on for the Runaway Bride episode, was it? She was on for the Runaway Bride episode where you just felt like taking the day off. Um, so that's not what I was busy with family matters. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> um, Nathan, uh, I don't know if you know this. Um, but I know everything. Oh, well, I mean, well then, should I tell you? Do you want to know still? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on. The listeners might know, Lawrence. That's true. So. What they might not know is that on their podcast platform of choice, they can leave a review. And I think we've got one, haven't we, uh, to read out, probably a <laughs> recent one. Yeah. Uh, yes, we do. Let me <laughs> go and check. <laughs> when did we establish these shenanigans? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't check the emails. Um, no emails. There we go. Okay. Um Email us. What are you doing? Yeah, come on, guys. Anyway, our reviews, Nathan. Yeah, I'm getting there, Lawrence. Oh, I apologize. You're filling time. Yes. Um, (laughs) All right, so I'm just going to read our most recent review, whatever uh, that may be, whoever that may happen to be from. The review is titled Still Got It, and it's from Jeff Lemon, (laughs) who says, a wonderful podcast about a 60-year-old show that goes off on various bizarre tangents at the drop of a fez. A must-listen for me every week. 
Thank you very much, Jeff Lemon. I'll tell you what, this is a must-read review for me every single week. It's a, this review is a must-listen to me for every week. Um, this, the ending of this has just devolved into a weird puzzle box that new listeners will just have no <laughs> reference point for at all. I don't think new listeners are making it this far. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Um, these have gone on longer the last couple of weeks as well. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to the master. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, jokes aside, um, and th- thank you, um, Jeff Lemon, for that incredible review that we've never heard before. That was very touching, and I'm moved by it. Um, if other people want to leave reviews as well, much like our friend Jeff Lemon, they can go over to their podcast platform of choice, which likely has some sort of feature where you can give us a five stars, maybe even write a little comment, let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what you think about Doki Who in general. But if you don't like Doctor Who, don't unfairly review our podcast on your views on Doctor Who. We're still talking about the merits of our show individually. So please keep that in mind. Um, Nathan, they can also... And of a- course, uh, well, I, I was like the whole time you was talking there, I was had my mouth open right next to my microphone as if to indicate I had something to say. And then you just steamboated on through to the next point. Like, there's, a, there's a slight delay on your video. I'm not always in tune with what's currently going on. Look, Lawrence, um, I just want to say, if you happen to listen to us on Google Podcasts, which I know a few people do because I get the analytics, Google Podcasts, is shutting down. No. I got an email about this. You probably also got an email about this. Google Podcasts is closing down. I think it's been absorbed into YouTube music. Um, no. So, no, that's <laughs> a service everyone uses. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I think you'll still be able to access them for free, but you'll like have to download YouTube music. I don't know. Just like use someone else. Use use wallet i don't know just like just want to make you aware of that that is happening we're we're okay. on the big ones and we're on most of the small ones i think we're on all of them we're on every single one we're on audible we're on amazon music we're on google podcasts for now lawrence we're everywhere you can get your podcasts that is true uh, and we're also everywhere where you can f- follow us on twitter <laughs> great which is at still got legs pod uh mosey on over as nathan has just uh read out um we do every single week put a little message out when we're going to record our episodes asking for people's thoughts on the episodes we're going to be talking about uh it's also where you'll get little uh, post reminders uh that will remind you that every single monday at 10 a.m there is a new episode of this show out uh and come and join us show your mates let your mates know give tell them to give us a little follow um, because Doctor Who is entering a new era and it's going to be a lot of fun and there's lots of new Whovians coming on board. So come here and listen to us talk about the show from like four years prior. I will, yes, I will, of course, tweet this out as well. But please uh, let us know your thoughts on the next episode and series three as a whole uh, for next week because, again, it is the finale uh, so email if you don't want to tweet it you can email it to us you can do longer ones over email i'll read it all out like no matter how many i get because i usually get like two uh, so but <laughs> you're gonna eat those words if the show ever gets like 30 <laughs> i'll do it I'll, I'll sit here for an hour if i have to so I'll um <laughs> I'll, I'll read them all out yeah so at still got uh at still got legs pod on twitter or if you do want to email still got legs podcast at gmail.com I think that it'll be in the description below. Um, but yes, give us your thoughts on the next episode and series three as a whole. And 
Anything else you want to say? You want to call me a prick? Go for it. Do it. That's that's the <laughs> best way to do it. Not me, though. I'll be upset. Nathan has thicker skin. He'll be able to take it, but I'm not. I'll get upset. What are you trying to say, Lawrence, about my skin? <laughs> it's a common expression that it means mm. that you are able to take more criticism than I. Lawrence is fat shaming me. He is now cancelled, everyone. I, I am also not in phenomenal shape so, so i'm not sure i'm eligible for this <laughs> listen uh, enough of us platforming our own fat shaming of each other right? i've never once fat shamed you i feel like that's tr- not true but not true because i wouldn't take it to heart from you because i feel like we both give each other the same stick what do you mean I not true get- we give each other a fair bit of grief. Yeah, but you should just believe that I never would have done that. I'm confused what you mean now. Don't worry about it. End the episode. <laughs> That's your job. Oh, I've done my job, Lawrence. Now I'm <laughs> waiting for you to do your job. Oh, yeah. Bye, 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 bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.